Hello, my fellow reseller enthusiasts. How are you doing today? If you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Shayna. Welcome to my podcast, The Blushing Hanger, a reselling podcast, where each week I'll sit down and discuss everything Poshmark and reselling, and I'll share my experiences being a reseller, as well as my best tips and top seller secrets for how to run a successful Poshmark closet or be a reseller in general. And I've been reselling on Poshmark for over eight years and have sold over 2,600 listings. And if you're interested in reselling, thrifting, and all things Poshmark, I hope you'll consider following my podcast so you don't miss out on any of my upcoming episodes. Don't forget to follow me and the podcast on Instagram at theblushinghanger underscore. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So today I'm going to be talking about sourcing, specifically where to source inventory for reselling on Poshmark. So I want to discuss the multiple places where you can get clothing, accessories, jewelry, etc. to sell on Poshmark. So when I first started selling in probably around 2015, 2016, I started selling clothes from my own closet and pretty quickly I ran out of stuff to sell and so I started turning to thrift stores to source more inventory for my closet and this has worked for me because I resell like in smaller quantities as just a side hustle I'm just reselling part-time and I realized that a lot of sellers have bigger goals and obviously need more inventory than I do Um, Like I recently saw a question from a fellow reseller asking about how to generate a specific amount of money a month to help pay for their child's schooling. And so how do I get more inventory to do this? And then it kind of prompted me to to share my how I source my inventory or just some ideas for it. Not I haven't done all of these. But it's a great question because you need enough of a certain or the right inventory to hit the goals that you want to have with your sales. So whether you're a new seller or a seasoned one, it can really be hard to find enough low-cost, high-quality items to flip for a profit month after month, year after year. So having alternative sources for obtaining inventory can make a huge difference to your profits. So... Where can you get clothes to sell on Poshmark or really any other reselling platform? And I just want to note that this episode is going to focus sourcing items that are allowed on Poshmark, mostly clothes, but shoes, accessories, similar items like that. Uh, This list is not going to mention every source available. And if you have other places that to source that I don't mention, I would love to hear about it. So let's get into the sources. So as I've said before, you always want to start with your own house and your own closet first. So obviously that's the first place to source your own closet. Um, And I've also read that most people only wear like 20% of their own wardrobe regularly. So that's a lot of unworn clothes sitting in people's closets. I myself am guilty of that. I will get a ton of clothes and they sit in my closet with tags and I never wear them. It's very frustrating, Um, but if that's true for you, then for sure your closet is a great place to start and sell those items, go through your closet, and I'm going to do an episode on how to go through your own 
clothing and accessories um, and how how to do that with uh, purpose and to get it done quickly and efficiently and without regret. So that'll be my next episode, just so you know. But the best part of selling your own clothes is that you can learn how Poshmark and other platforms work without like losing money um, for inventory. So you actually can recoup your money or some of it for items that you originally paid for but don't wear. So that's, you just always want to start with your own closet. I'll continue to say that on every episode where I talk about sourcing. (laughs) Okay, and the next one is going to be obviously thrift stores. So these, they're my favorite place, obviously the most common place to find items to resell. Prices tend to be low enough so that you can make a profit when you resell the right items. Um, The Goodwill in my area here in California sells clothing from about three or four dollars up to $12.99 I think is the highest. Um, Some of it is okay to purchase but some of it's not. It's overpriced some of the stuff. So Again, being successful at thrift store shopping requires knowing what brands to look for. And I talked about this in one of my previous episodes. Um, I personally, when I first started shopping at thrift stores for reselling, I really just looked for a few brands that I knew were popular and in demand. So it was mostly like I was looking for free people, Lululemon, Nike. But again, this was back in 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, and as time went on up to today, I, you know, I'm just continually increasing my brand knowledge, um, and just finding new brands and looking out for these new brands. And I do that by coming across them while I'm shopping. And then I will look up, um, the tags on Poshmark or just on Google image search just to see if that's a good expensive brand, if it's reselling well, Also, I pay attention to what like my friends and acquaintances are talking about and wearing and that kind of keeps, you know, that in my mind about things to look for to resell. And also the Goodwill outlets, also known as the bins, are an even cheaper alternative to the thrift stores. This I still haven't done. I need to go to the bins. It's on my list. I just don't want to go until I have the room for the inventory because I know hopefully fingers crossed I'll find a lot of good stuff but right now I have nowhere to store it because my death pile is is pretty big I was doing good at chipping away at it and then I just got more inventory like I said I wasn't gonna do so I I haven't been to the bins yet but I I am I want to go so bad Uh, so if you're not familiar with what the Goodwill bins are it is they put items in these giant bins and they roll them out into the big room and then you go and stand in front of those bins and they're full of whatever they, I, they mix them up they don't I don't know but clothing shoes toys household stuff um, and you have to just sift through each bin and try and find the treasures in there um and the clothing and other items there are sold by the pound for like super low. The one by me, I think sells for around $2 a pound. And then it gets cheaper if you buy more than I think 20 pounds. I don't know. I will do an episode once I go to the bins and let you guys know like what everything costs and what I thought about it and my experience. 
So hopefully in the next couple of months I'll have that. But you definitely, from what I've heard and seen on videos, have to have tough skin to shop there at the outlets or the Goodwill bins because some of those places are filled with buyers who are super pushy and competitive and they try to get the best items in each bin and you have to be willing to get dirty too because the bins can have dirty, nasty, smelly clothes in there and just, you know, it's used stuff that nobody's gone through. So I've made note to bring like plastic gloves for my hands and like jugs of hand sanitizer in my car because I'm like a germaphobe so so yeah definitely go prepared if you go to the bins with gloves and the big bags from Ikea and hand sanitizer so that is the Goodwill bins okay the next one is going to be like curated secondhand shops also known as like buy sell trade stores so these are around in basically every city and town you might be familiar with some of them like Crossroads, Buffalo Exchange, Uptown Cheapskate, and Plato's Closet. So people bring their used clothing to these stores to sell in exchange for cash or in-store credit at that store. And the employees there will inspect each item and they'll only accept the ones they think will sell in their store. But these stores, you know, curate and resell what what they're given for profit so their prices are going to be higher than you'd find at normal thrift stores as far as sourcing so I source occasionally at these places because they have typically higher quality and in better condition items and clothing than the thrift stores because like I said the employees are going through each item and like hand selecting what they're going to put on the racks there um, so you're likely to find better brands, unique items, even luxury stuff. But the difficult part about this is you have to be very selective with what you want to resell from a, a buy-sell trade store because usually the cost of goods up front is higher than normal thrift stores. So if you're used to paying like $2 for a shirt at the thrift store, the same shirt at like a buy-sell trade store is probably going to be I don't know, like 8 to $12. I, I don't know, it totally depends on the brand and the style, but just it's not going to be as cheap as a thrift store. So a lot of the items there, they have them priced at the prices that you would see other sellers selling on Poshmark for. So there's not going to be room to mark up the product yourself and make a profit on it. So you just have to be really careful with that. Um, but it it does pay to know what brands are selling for a lot on Poshmark and to look for those when you're in the store. So obviously like luxury brands like Louis Vuitton, Lily Pulitzer, Lululemon, um, I've found at Cheapskate and I've been able to flip some of those on Poshmark. Um, but I've also, you know, been on the lookout and make sure I make note of their sale racks throughout the store, um, the ones that are priced like 20% off. You just have to dig for them. They're in there. I found some good stuff. And then also these stores usually have sidewalk sales or fill-a-bag sales a couple times a year where it's discounted super cheap or everything's a dollar um, so that they can clear their inventory to bring in more stuff. So my last, my pro tip on the buy-sell trade stores is going to be to make sure 
that you get on all your local buy, sell, trade store email lists so you get notified of their sales, either getting text messages, emails, follow them on Instagram, whatever you know, you're going to see. Make sure you get on all those so that way when they're having a sale next week, you know about it and if you want to be there, you're there. So let's see. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've also noticed that sometimes items don't sell well locally like for regional differences here, um, but they'll sell online because Poshmark is, you know, all across the U.S. So if I, they have a shirt that's been sitting there, it, you know, I can put it on Poshmark and someone on the other side of the country might want it, whereas someone here in California doesn't. So um, like heavy winter gear isn't as common to find where I live in California because it doesn't get very cold here. And so sometimes when there's items like that, they sit on the racks at these buy sell trade stores because no one needs them here. So I'll usually pick them up if they're a good deal, put them on Poshmark, and they'll sell really great to someone in Utah or upstate New York, something like that. So you just always want to keep that in mind. You know, where you're living comes into play a lot. <clears throat> and then next would be consignment stores. So, like, consignment shops are similar to the buy sell trade in a way where an employee is going to inspect the items that you're bringing in and they're only going to select what they think will be likely to resell. So the store would, once they accepted an item or items from you, they're going to display that for a certain length of time, whatever you guys decide upon or whatever they have as their their rule. Um, let's say like one to three months. And if it sells, that shop will take Part of the sale is their commission for doing, you know, the marketing for it. Fifty um, percent commission is usually normal, and if it doesn't sell, then they may lower the price for you or they'll return it to you. Um, but because the items are all closely inspected and chosen for their ability to resell, you'll come across better quality items and brands than you would at a thrift store because they're like curated for that. So. <clears throat> I personally don't do this. I avoid the consignment shops around me because they are very overpriced and it, I wouldn't be able to sell items or make a profit. Um, so, But you might get lucky if somewhere in your town you have a good consignment shop. So it's always worth it to, to go in there and check. They may have items in there that you can resell that are underpriced that they don't know about. So... Just make sure to, to pop in there occasionally um, and definitely be careful about buying designer items that are frequently replicated at consignment stores like Louis Vuitton bags and Christian uh, Louboutin shoes at consignment stores. Um, usually the owners and employees are not experts or authenticators, so they might be selling counterfeit goods and you're paying a high price for it and trying to resell it and then you find out it's counterfeit and you can't return it, so just be very careful. Um, and with the consignment, the next one is going to be to be your own consignment service. So another way to source items is by providing the consignment service yourself. So you can sell goods for others like friends and family or acquaintances and split the profit with them. And it might sound like a lot of work for less profit, but it's a great way to access more or like higher end items than you would otherwise not find out in the thrift store. Or if you're just very low on inventory, that's just another avenue to turn to. But you can decide how much you want 
to run your business to fit with the time you have available and your selling goals. So for example, you might only sell designer luxury goods that you know would fetch at least a few hundred dollars each that would make a few hours of um, obtaining, cleaning, listing, and shipping items worth it, don't you think? You know, a few hundred dollars profit is is nice. So (laughs) you can um, promote your consignment service like as a post or some kind of a blog to friends and family, an email through social media or neighborhood message boards like um, Craigslist or Nextdoor and then local Facebook groups. Those are great places to kind of just mention it and just throw it out there. You never know if someone has stuff that they they would want to do that with. So definitely look into that. The next one is going to be discount retail stores. So another source I personally like to use are discount retail stores like Nordstrom Max, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Last Call, Ross, places like that. They're all known for selling new items at a fraction of the retail price. So where do these stores get their items? They're most likely last season's items or leftovers or returned items from the full priced retail stores that they came from originally. But some stores like TJ Maxx are contracted with certain brands to make certain goods or clothing items that they'll sell only at the TJ Maxx stores. So the goods that they make for TJ Maxx might be a little lower quality or slightly different in style, but still have the brand name that people know and want to wear. So I like sourcing at discount retail stores because the items are guaranteed to be new and authentic versus at a thrift store where you, you know, you're not going to have new with tag most of the time. Um, and yeah, they may be returned items, but there are no concerns about knowing that you're getting something counterfeit or fake. And they often have a mix of brands from cheap stuff and unknown, you know, names all the way to high-end designer brands. So I, I usually find like free people and I don't even know so many like Anne Klein, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but like House of Harlow, all that stuff at my TJ Maxx, they have really cute stuff. So I look for nicer items there to resell and I'm always looking at their clearance rack. Mine always have great stuff. So especially if you go during certain times of the year, like the clear the rack sales at Nordstrom Rack, you'll find like crazy discounted prices um, and other ways to optimize this sourcing option is to use the store's credit card and sign up for their like frequent shopper rewards. Usually you'll get an incentive, like a nice discount on your next purchase when you sign up. Uh, You'll also receive promotional offers throughout the year, maybe even a gift certificate for the store, um, discounts during your birthday month. I don't know, all those promotions add up and, you know, make it easier to get better deals. So just always take advantage of those from them. Um, also at Nordstrom Rack, sometimes you can get super lucky and pick up stuff for a penny. Yeah, a penny. I guess it's because sometimes employees miss a clearance item that they were supposed to pull off their racks and, and put away. But if it's out there and you purchase it, it'll ring up for a penny and it's never happened to me, but I've heard about it. So I don't know, maybe keep your eye out for that at Nordstrom Rack. Um, so the next one is going to be liquidation products. So 
liquidation items are usually items that were initially sold at traditional retailers like Macy's, JCPenney, Nordstrom, um, in their stores and online. And they're often items that went unsold, customer returns, or just overstocked, oversaturated items. And seasons and styles change. Companies need to move these unsellable items for new stock. So the companies will then sell them off in bulk with a super deep discount to liquidation companies to get rid of them for them. So these companies will then pass on the goods to you at a super low cost. So there are a lot of liquidation companies out there and new ones popping up all the time. I'm not going to get into all of them because I'm not super knowledgeable in them and I haven't used a ton of them. I will just mention the one that I have used, which is Boutique by the Box, which I am liking. And I just placed my first order with them last week and got my first box. And it's it's a very popular um, liquidation company that a lot of resellers use because they have really great brands um, like Revolve Brands, Good American, um, Elliot, a lot of stuff that's sold at Nordstrom, just like high-end designer stuff, the just you name it. They have swim, they have loungewear, like all kinds of different brands, but everything's really great. Um, and then they have normal boxes that have like 10, 20 or 30 items and they're all priced out that way. And then they have boxes that are called, um, they are called the, like, just, they have some flaws. So, I got one of the flawed boxes that are some new, some new with tag, new without tag, but they have little like snags or a little deodorant stain, something like that. And I got it, the brand was Elliot, I believe. Um, and they're really nice dresses that I got a box of dresses and tops and the cost of goods is going to be very low for me to resell it. But just make sure you're doing your research before buying from a liquidation place because they're hit or miss. Like they're all, all of them are going to be, you know, no returns. So once you buy it and you get it, that's yours and that, that money is then gone. So just do your research. Um, but they do have pros and cons. So the pros, obviously cheaper inventory when you're buying a liquidation. The biggest benefit is that you can get items cheaper than at retail and maybe places close to you so you can make a profit reselling them. Also, another pro is that the products come directly to you. You're going to be able to order these liquidation lots online and they'll ship directly to you so you don't have to leave the house or dig through bins or racks at the thrift store. And another pro is you save time. So... You could buy a liquidation lot with 100 pieces of clothing and you can just imagine how much time it takes you to visit thrift stores and find 100 individual items to sell. That would take me freaking months. Um, so with liquidation lots, you get these big lots of items all at once simply by ordering them online with like the click of a button. So those are the pro pros and then the cons of the liquidation Lots are going to be, you can't see what you're getting usually before you purchase. They, the liquidation lots are cheap because they don't provide a detailed list or picture of every item you're receiving. You could end up with a great lot of resellable items or you could get complete crap. So it pays to really do your research and learn about the liquidation company that you're thinking of buying from and 
definitely check out the reviews before you purchase as well. Another con is the quality and condition of the products. It can be hard to determine the brand of the products you'll receive. For clothing lots, you may see a few brands listed, but not all of them. You have to look into whether you're receiving new items or not new. Um, the shipping costs, usually you're going to be dinged with shipping, so that's going to eat into your profits. Um, another con is it requires time. So once you do get your liquidation lot, you're going to have to have a lot of time on your hands to go through that huge box and research each item, its current value, and maybe you're going to have to clean up some of them to make them sellable before you can even take pictures and list them like I did. I've, you know, I have to go through and kind of spot clean some of the dresses I got in my boutique by the box um, shipment. So definitely keep that all in mind. Okay, the next sourcing option is going to be mystery boxes. I know this is kind of like random, but you never know. Sometimes you can get super great stuff. So mix, mystery boxes are super popular on Poshmark. And if you don't know what a mystery box is, it's going to be when you purchase a box without knowing what the contents are inside. So it's a surprise. And just depending on the seller, it can come in a variety of forms. You might buy five items for $25 or three items for 30 or other sellers like myself offer a mystery box where you will offer the biggest box that you can ship with it remaining under five pounds because that's Poshmark's weight limit before you have to upgrade. So I will stuff that box up until it weighs five pounds. So it could have seven items in it, it could have 12, could be clothing, shoes, jewelry, whatever. So some sellers will give you all of a certain size, like all size small stuff or all tops or all dresses. Some will mix and match sizes and types of clothing. Some only offer popular brands like Free People or Anthropology. Um, the seller will let you know, or you can always try to work with them and have them make a custom curated mystery box just for you. Um, a lot of people like doing this and getting mystery boxes because they're low on inventory and can't source in other ways. So they may not have thrift stores near them. They may be sick or disabled and not able to leave the house or physically stand while shopping. Uh, and sellers like it because it helps them get rid of their inventory faster, like me. I love selling a good mystery box. Um, so if you're interested in one, reach out to me, the blushing hang on Poshmark. Um, many sellers, like myself, have piles of clothing waiting to be listed, and it's faster for us to sell the inventory cheaper in a mystery box and just get some money back than taking the time to photograph, list, and sell each of those items individually. So the mystery box option definitely has the potential to be profitable if you get a good mystery box with items that can be resold, obviously, for a lot more than you paid. But like, let's just say I purchased a, mix, a mystery box of five items for $25 on Poshmark. Then I have to pay tax, California tax, and then shipping of $7.97, basically $8. So it would bring the total... Uh, to approximately $35. So the cost of goods for those five items would be $7 each. So when I go to resell those items, I'll also have to consider Poshmark's 20% commission. So if I sell each of these items for $25, my net profit would be about $13 per item. So it's not a lot, but it does add up if you have consistent sales. So 
I've seen and read a lot about mystery box unboxings and they're really hit or miss. You may have a few misses before you find a really good one. You definitely want to go off of like personal recommendations of acquaintances or friends who have bought boxes from certain sellers and they're like, oh, I got such great stuff. So then you want to, you should buy from that person. Um, and definitely check the ratings from the seller you're considering buying from. Make sure they have some love notes of past mystery boxes so you can see if people were happy with them. It's just a good, good thing to look into. Um, yeah, so the next one is going to be other secondhand resale sites. So some people, um, not me, but some people have great success buying items with the low cost of goods on sites like eBay and then flipping them. And, it's, and then you think to yourself, like, why are the items so low priced. It's usually because they're new sellers and they don't know the value of what they're selling or they have misspelled listings that are not getting enough views or the seller's just having like a fire rapid sale or they have their listings with really bad pictures where people just don't even give them the time of day and so they get passed. So this actually happened to me sort of like when I first started selling on Poshmark I was selling stuff for like really cheap because I didn't realize how Poshmark worked. So I would list stuff and not think about the pricing. I thought it was sort of similar to eBay where no one would really look at my items. But when you search on Poshmark for something you want, those listings will come up. And obviously mine came up and people bought them like full price. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was really low. I didn't want to sell it for that. But whatever, you learn, live and learn. So a few ways to find um, these kind of listings within Poshmark are you want to type in the brand name into the search box within Poshmark. Then you can click sort by and choose just in and look for the items that were just listed and that are underpriced. And then if you're on the app, you click shop and then all people and then new people and then fresh closets. And then you have to click each profile individually to to see the first few items in the new user's closet. So I don't really recommend sending these new people lowball offers to acquire their stuff to resell because I've been on the receiving end of that. But I mean, if they're selling it for a low price, it's a good deal. You should you know, help them out and you're going to resell it. Then it's a win-win. So I don't know. It's also a good way to use your credits if you have posh credits or if you're on Mercari. Um you can use those credits to, to pay for those items. Just always remember those are there. All right, the next one is going to be estate, garage, yard, church, and school sales. So some people source really heavily from estate sales, garage sales, yard sales. And the best thing about these sourcing options is that you can negotiate prices most of the time. So most people are looking to recoup whatever money they can while still getting rid of things they don't want anymore. So they're willing to work with you on price because they want their stuff gone. So I've been to a few estate sales, not many. I don't really have good luck with them in my area, um, but I've heard and seen videos on them. So <clears throat> you'll sometimes find lots of designer clothing, like 10 pairs of shoes all by a well-known high-end brand or a lot of luxury purses like you just never know you can get lucky so with estate garage sales etc you want to plan your visits so you want to search local 
online boards, Facebook Marketplace, Nextdoor, things like that to see where these sales are happening. And then you want to prioritize the best ones that you're most excited about and then plan a a route for that day. So if you're going to plan Saturday, it's all garage sales and estate sales. Make sure you list them all out, get the addresses all ready and put them in the order of, you know, that's most convenient for you for you. So you're not going back and forth, back and forth, but you're going in like order of around your town. Um, also, you want to be first in line. Obviously, the best items are always going to go quickly. So if you know a sale has something that you want, like they've advertised a Louis Vuitton purse or something like that, make it a point to be the first one there and go to that one the beginning of the day. Or on the other hand, Go on the last day, if this estate sale is like going Friday through Sunday, go on Sunday afternoon and whatever they have left, usually sellers want their items gone. So they'll at that point be more willing to accept a lower offer. So that's a good rule of thumb. Also, you want to bring cash. Most people are not set up to take credit card payments. So be prepared to haggle and you can try and lowball and then pay for cash, pay with cash for your goods. So. That is that. And then sample sales are going to be next. I almost forgot to mention sample sales. Um, But before close, our mass produced for sale, designers and brands usually make samples of the items. Those samples are adjusted to make them fit better, have more appeal, and or, you know, fit the designer's vision. So these samples are sometimes sold to the public seasons later at sample sales. Many sample sales have more than samples. They'll also have overstocked items, returned items, things that didn't sell well, and so on. But basically a company or store will try to offload everything extra that they have to sell. So you can get really great designer items for very low cost of goods to resell. Um, Obviously, New York and Los Angeles have the best sample sales from what I've heard and seen. But if you're not in these cities, you may come across sales, although smaller and less frequent. But still be on the lookout for them. Just never know. Okay, the next one is going to be online community groups and websites. So a lot of people, including myself, um, find items through online community groups, websites, apps, I've had some luck with these. So those, for example, are going to be Facebook Marketplace, uh, Nextdoor, things like that. Um, And they don't charge a commission. So if you're selling on there, it's a good place to sell, but it's also a good place to source. So like the Facebook buy, sell, trade groups, Facebook Marketplace, Nextdoor, LetGo, any of those places, those are all good to just browse once in a while you never know what you're going to find someone might be moving and trying to literally get rid of their entire closet and they're willing to sell it for two hundred dollars or something you just never know so just always keep an eye out for that the next one is just a kind of random thing it's called a clothing swap I've never personally done it but it's a fun way to find items to resell um it is like I've heard like friends groups doing them as like a fun girls night in and all the girls would bring clothes and accessories, whatever they want to get rid of over to the host's house. And then they like socialize, eat, drink, and then they all go through all the clothes and pick what they want. And then at the end of the night, everybody leaves with something new. Um, Another clothing swap thing that I've heard about is more formal and it's a clothing swap hosted as a fundraiser for an organization. So they would make you 
like receive a certain amount of tickets for a certain number of items that you brought in. Let's say you brought in 10 items, you get 10 tickets and then you can then, and I'm sure you pay for the tickets to get in there, but then you can use those 10 tickets to pick out 10 items from, you know, somebody else's clothing that's there at that night. So it's kind of a cool, a cool thing. So in both of these instances, there, I'm sure, are going to be clothes left over at the end of the event. The host usually donates them to a thrift store, I'm assuming, but I, if I'm ever involved in those, will probably ask if I can take them, or at least look through them, but I don't know. Clothing slops like this are definitely not a consistent way to source items. Um, you might find some great stuff to resell when they do happen, but you're better off finding another source if you want like some consistency or if that sounds super fun to you, which it does to me too, um, you can host them yourself and just start getting that going in your area. Um, I think it's a fun way to source. Uh, the next one is going to be to ask for donations. So like at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, thrift stores, outlets, like Goodwill outlets, and even retail stores, most of them closed. So um, resellers couldn't get inventory. It was really hard. So, uh, resellers like myself who had a stockpile or death pile of inventory to list were super lucky because they could still list new items, um, and had sales coming in, but other sellers that didn't have stuff on hand turned to posting on websites or apps like Nextdoor or Facebook, um, buy, sell trade groups, asking their communities for donations. So they would say, like that you're relying on selling for income to support your family if it's true that you're experiencing difficulties you know due to illness or if you were unemployed something like that um, that you appreciate their kindness and support and that you're willing to pick up those donations so some people got angry I heard because they thought they were taking advantage of people but most people had helpful neighbors who gave them lots of stuff to resell um so that's a great way to do it. The next one is going to be storage units. So have you ever seen the show Storage Wars, right? Most people bid on unpaid storage units and resell whatever they find a value inside. You're usually not able to see what's in there, but you can usually see like little glimpses or angles. And if there's something of interest, you can look up the resale cost right away. Um, some storage unit are auction sites that are going to be online and you want to note that many of these storage units have items that would probably sell better on other marketplaces like eBay or Facebook marketplace like oh, moreover than Poshmark but that's often where people sell like household goods collectibles antiques vintage items stuff like that and the next one is going to be to build relationships. So this is these are going to be some stories of people getting inventory through relationships that they built with other people. It's, this is really cool. So one woman visited a shoe store regularly and established a working relationship with the owner. And when he got a new shipment of shoes, he gave her a call first because she would buy from him in bulk. Um, another woman in like the LA area gets her items from a celebrity friend, client, lucky. Um, one man got to know someone who runs estate sales and so that estate sales guy lets him know when those are over that he can come and help uh, clean up and that he can take whatever he wants that's left over. 
another woman started selling online and her private like employer of her other job learned that she was a reseller and they gave her stuff of their own personal belongings for her to resell for herself and keep the profit like that's super nice um and one person was browsing garage sale listings online and saw something he wanted in one of their pictures he just wrote to the person and he ended up purchasing that item at a really good price before the even garage sale or before the garage sale even happened so i know we can't all live in la with uh, celebrity clients <laughs> but um but the payoffs are worth it if you can build relationships with people like this who can be a source of inventory for for years on end I, that's a cool cool thing to to hear stories like that um the next one is going to be dumpster diving so <laughs> is so weird um I just I randomly this came into my head um I I know dumpster diving obviously has a bad reputation <laughs> like I just imagine like jumping into a, a trash bin with dirt and germs and filth and all of this like fighting off cats and <laughs> rats um but it's not always like that like you don't have to jump into a dumpster to find things some things Sometimes you'll just find stuff sitting outside of dumpsters, especially dumpsters outside behind like retail stores. Oh, I'm just saying, I know it's probably frowned upon, but uh, it's worth just driving behind stores occasionally. Um, and I realized that getting clothes or sourcing inventory this way is not for everyone. <laughs> like I haven't really tried it and I don't think I really will, but hey, it's an option just saying you, you know or you might see a bag of clothes laying on the sidewalk where people are moving and these clothes you know might be great clothes and someone just was not having the time to donate or dispose of them so they're just sitting there so you never know the next one is gonna be whatnot so whatnot is another like social selling platform where people just host live shows if you haven't heard of it um it is similar to the Poshmark live shows. Obviously, that's where I think where Poshmark got it from. Um, but many of the resellers have been sourcing on whatnot um, because prices start really low. They have like dollar starts on whatnot and the shipping is cheaper. It's just, it, it's good. So check out whatnot if you haven't. Um, it, it's a nice avenue for sourcing. Uh, the next one and the last one that I'm going to be talking about is going to be Goodwill and Salvation Army online shopping. So a lot of the Goodwill and Salvation Armies have online shops <clears throat> where they handpick certain items to sell on at auction, kind of like how eBay works. So or some of them are actually set up on eBay, but then some of them are like the Goodwill shop online. But a few things to consider when trying to source on these sites you want to make sure you're paying attention to the shipping costs. Um, I think shipping sometimes is $9.99 and you're just buying a dress that you're going to buy for $12 or something if you win the, the bid. So that's already a $20 cost of goods. So just make sure that you uh, put the shipping cost into how much you're going to end up paying for the piece. So, And then you want to make sure you submit your highest offer and then move on. It's like you may win the item, you may not, but you don't want to overbid. You don't want to overpay for something. Don't get stuck in that, you know, that hole just because it's fun and exciting. Um, and then keep a, a running list of your favorite items to search for on 
those uh, online shopping sites so you're able to save searches on I believe both of them so that you can just go in weekly and just check for their new items that they're putting up so so yeah so bottom line no matter where you source find things that are cheap enough that you can flip and resell for a profit so as a reseller it's always a good idea to have several or dozens of sources of inventory you know the saying about putting all your eggs in one basket. The same is true about finding inventory to resell. If you only have one place to source, you'll be in a world of trouble if that store closes or stops stocking anything good. But if you have several places, you won't face much of a loss if one closes because you have other ones to go to. So I think it's worth trying out different sources or ways to find inventory from time to time. You don't have to stick with any if you don't like them or they don't work from you for you, but just try. Maybe they work, maybe they don't. You may get lucky and come across one that gives you even better results. So I hope this list helps you find more clothes and whatever you're selling on Poshmark and that you it brings you lots of sales. So after reading all these uh, ways to source inventory, let me know if you have any ways to source that are not listed here or what your favorite ways of sourcing inventory are or what you have tried and hasn't worked for you or what has worked for you. So that is it for today's episode. I thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, I will talk with you next time. Thank you. Bye.